How's it going everybody? This is Martin Stokes here. And this is Dean Scurry. And I am a traveller. And I am a countryman. Welcome to a traveller and a countryman podcast. podcast. So here we are today, episode 36, with the one and only Jamie Harrington. How are you getting on? What's the story lads? Welcome Jamie. Over Dean. No, not over to Dean. <laughs> ah, go on. Man, you invited Jamie here, Dean, so... You better start talking, kid. Over to Dean. Right, we'll cut the language out for starters, okay? Oh, yeah, sorry about that. Because if, lang- if it takes language to make you feel like a man, then you're on the wrong, pa- you're on the wrong path. Okay? I feel like I'm in a room with me we dad can, me granddad. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. my God. Yeah. So he's a granddad. We're not that old, <laughs> he's, a grand- <laughs> he's a granddad. Well, uh, what age are you, Jay? Uh, 24. 24. I'm nearly 50. Martin's just gone 50. Fuck off, I'm not your bleeding grandma. I could be your elf, but I'm definitely you're not your double elf. Double my age. You're only 15, so don't start acting like an old guy, yeah? So, Martin, you invited Jamie here. So, it's been a while since uh, you invited a guest on, and the guest that we have in front of us is Jamie Harrington. Yeah, we have Jamie Harrington. He's going to do a bit of talking about um, anything he wants to, basically. So, where did you meet Jamie, and how did you know um, to invite him down? I uh, came across Jamie. He was on the, what do you call it? No, he wasn't. I have to bridge. <laughs> <laughs> he was on the bridge, tapping for us. <laughs> <laughs> is that what you do when I guess? No, you really I actually... I actually came across him by mistake on YouTube, would you believe that? But some of the young lads knew who he was. So a lot of people say that about Jamie. Uh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> but they told me a little story about him then where he uh, actually saved somebody's life, yeah? So I think we'll let Jamie explain that because he can explain it better, can't he? So how do you know Martin? Uh, I know Martin through the podcast. I'm a big fan of the podcast. I'm not just saying that because I'm on it. So hold on. Do you listen to this podcast? Yeah, I do, yeah. Ah. I've listened to some episodes. I haven't listened to all 25 I've listened to some. No, no he has, Martin. <laughs> <laughs> He's been here. <laughs> uh, I've listened to some. There was a uh, there was one that, and actually, the day I met Martin, I met Martin in a in a chipper. I was getting something to eat, and he was getting something to eat. And I said to him, "I heard he was a traveller." And I was saying, "Oh, there's this great podcast." And I didn't know Martin was your man from the podcast. I'm saying, "Have you ever heard that podcast with Dean Scurry and the Traveller fella? They talk about uh, people's wives, like a traveller man's wife that he'd never talked to another woman." And I was shocked by that. And Martin was like, yeah, yeah, great podcast, isn't it? <laughs> and then he told me it was him. And we swapped phone numbers and here what I am. Shocked? I'm interested in what you were shocked by. What was the thing you were shocked that by? Tradition. Like shocked tradition. By tradition. Like I, I knew travellers had this tradition. Like I have grew up around travellers my whole life. I'm from Ballymoon. Like the youth centre was always filled with traveller boys. And I never knew that was a thing. That traveller men feel uncomfortable talking to other women. If they're married. Like yeah, if, if not, you're married and, not, and I'm married. not just traveller women. Any woman. Any woman. I think it's mad. Like, I said to my girlfriend there, I was leaving the house, like, right, say later, I'm going to do this podcast. Well, I know loads of fellas who are not comfortable talking to other women if they're Dean, married. Can I hear Jamie talking, please, if you don't mind? I'm listening to you <laughs> every day. Like, I love traveller traditions. I think they're mad. Like, my missus is mad into watching uh, Big Fat Chips. And I just keep on saying to her, you know, that's not what all travellers are like, don't that's you? That's right, absolutely. And she's like, what do you mean? I'm like, that's just a show. That's just, they're getting paid a few quid to act how people want them to act That's but if true. I brought you up to the site in St Margaret's you'd go Jesus Christ this is different this is a disgrace but, it, but okay it's a, it's, <laughs> do you know what <laughs> let Jamie speak you don't well, be digging in for so him there just a touch on what you said, <laughs> right? well, you, you, said God, you said that the site is a disgrace right? and I yeah. I drove into the, the site a few weeks ago and I was like Jesus Christ but that's just the way people have chose to live. So like who am I to judge you? What, do you? what did you think of? Like, what do you think? Like, but like, who am I to judge? So you, you were shocked. Live? So do you want to come into my house and judge me? Like, you've no. Not really, no. Exactly. So I've no right to judge how people in the site live. Yeah, that's true. But uh, the rubbish now on the on the entrance. No way. Yeah, in. yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's a bad job. The council moves it, but 
everybody comes down that lane tipping, tipping, tipping. And settle people come down and tip. I've seen it myself. And then they go, ah, yeah, them blading travellers wrecking the place. Wrecking the place. Yeah, you're right. There's no, there's no cameras yeah, who's there. That, who's that person that you do there? Well, who's that accent? It's... Someone asking as if you know, right? It's so, some woman lost inside you. So is it? I, I like you, Dean. I tried my hand at comedy. wasn't very good at it, uh, but I had this. Uh, hold on, I wasn't bad. Man. Yeah, well, he said, like you, Dean, you weren't very good at it. I had, I had this character I used to use, and it was based very loosely off a woman that lived around the corner from me nanny. I, I won't say her name because people will know her the second I say her name. But she's real Dublin and she's said, hell yeah, here, young flick, come here and go to the shop for me. Jamie's doing the hands and all. <laughs> the hands. He's gesticulating. And this woman has a smoke hanging out of her mouth, like, you know, she's one of them. But that's where that voice comes from. She's real Dublin, isn't she? Oh, she's real Dublin. So why did you pick up on her, like? I just, like, growing up around her. She was always real, like, she's real caring and all. Like, she in the street, she stopped you giving a five and all. Still at 24 years of age. Are you alright for a few, Bob? Do you want, some, do you want to get something yeah, to But you do on? it real well, scarily well. It's very effeminate, like. Yeah. I'm like, oh, I'm like. Like the one in, uh, where was that, in Connorstreet? Was it where, oh, Connorstreet, where they said, uh, the woman shouted across, leave it out. He could do that question. Ah, uh, yeah, uh, yeah, leave it, bleeding now. <laughs> but it's kind of, I like, like, uh, I was always intrigued by Brendan O'Carroll, who took on whoever the woman was his mother or whatever yeah, and it's yeah. very effeminate and it's a man doing a woman it's really interesting like I'm I'm, I'm really effeminate uh, but I find that bit fascinating about people that we especially when we take on women but we do all the actions and all yeah, that and you kind of yeah. camp it up a little bit here what are you doing yeah like I, I've worked in I've, done, I've had loads of jobs but I've worked in bars for a very long time for the last five years I've worked in bars and most recently in Temple Bar and like just the Americans, they love it. So you kind of doubling yourself up nearly for the Americans because you know that yeah. you get that authentic. You're getting all the big tips. That's, well, that's the thing. You get that. How are you, folks? How are you? Welcome to Dublin. Grab a seat. Sit down. <laughs> what am I getting, me pal? Where is this? Where is this? Uh, Where? I was working in the old Dublin Iron Temple Bar, but like oh. I'd be baiting the, the lads out. Like, anyway, I'm serving him. Like the Brazilian lads, and I <laughs> can't fault the Brazilian lads. You ever, ever? I didn't know this about you. Ever work with the Brazilian lads? I swear to God, they're bleeding deadly. They yeah, are. I like the Brazilian whopper. lads. They just want to come to work. Get the work done and go home. But they're very free with their sexuality as well. Oh, you know it, brother. I swear to God, I, I used to come in on a Monday and go, so who's riding who this week? That's, that's what it was like. It was like that. Who's riding who this week? But I used to be out when the Brazilians out. Can I only wear you? They're here for the Irish experience. The Americans want, know what they want when they come here. They want someone to go, top of the morning to you. And yes. I swear to God, you walk into an Irish, a pub in Tampa Bar, and tell someone you're Irish, you'll get yourself a free drink. I swear to God, they'll buy you a drink. <laughs> My family are from Ireland. Come on, buy you a pint of Guinness. <laughs> you like whiskey? <laughs> I love all these multiple personalities locked away in Jamie. Yeah. Yeah. Hiking up O'Connell Street at 7 o'clock in the morning with the sticks and all. I'm going to climb Mount O'Connell. <laughs> would you well, Would you ever think about getting into like tour guiding? That type of stuff. Uh, so actually, I recently became unemployed. Uh, I was working for the civil service and I had a really horrible experience. Uh, I was being bullied by a very senior manager. And I brought it to the attention of HR and all the, the usual... Is this going through the, the thing no, at the moment? No, no, it's, no, it's, 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 it's over, yeah, yeah. yeah I just, okay. I cut my losses and get out of there. But uh, I left and I applied for a job with a company called Finn McCool, tour guides, and they do all the blading, Cliffs and Moher and all. Like paddy wagon. Yeah, same thing, but yeah. like the money is woeful and the hours are woeful, so I, it's not for me. Yeah, I think, you're, I think you could do it, but this, the skills that you have are worth probably more money. Yeah, you know I mean? and it's I don't like history. Like I was school was <laughs> terrible for me. You're not telling the Americans history. You're just going. This is a cliff. That's a castle. Ah, I know. I know. But like for me, I always think of a tour guide as a historian or someone like. So like Pat Liddy, I love Pat Liddy. Have you ever done a Pat Liddy tour? 
No, Donald Fallon we've had on this oh, podcast. Donald is a legend. Donald's, Donald's sound. But I don't know. I remember doing a Pat Liddy tour with me nanny years ago. I'm hanging off every word that man said. Swear to God, if he had said to me, give me a thousand euro, I would have took me nanny's bank card. Would, would you not get into doing your own? Because I think you have a really interesting, you've got a bubbly personality. You're friendly. You don't mind hamming it up for the Americans. And you're interested in history. I thought about it. I have a, like Dean, you know me, I have a deep love for Ballymun. This is my home. This is my community. These are my people. I approached a radio station about, oh, my 24 now, about six years ago. Approached a radio station. There was a, a series of stabbings and shootings in Ballymun. And I approached the radio station and said to them basically, you know, you are only talking about the bad things. Come, let me give you a tour around Ballymun. We'll have the crack. We'll visit all the things you want to visit. And then you can tell me if it's a bad place. And they said no. And I like sat on that idea for about two years, hounded them. And I remember a producer coming out one night. There was something happening and she came out and she was doing a story. And I just approached her and was like, look, you're wrong. And they brought me on their show and I basically told the radio presenter he was a knob. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, I gave you the opportunity to come out and, and witness all the good in Ballymoon. Like, th- there's so much good in Ballymoon. Like, I am a product, I always am a product of the youth service in Ballymoon and I wouldn't be I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing <laughs> no but I wouldn't be the young, I wouldn't be the, the person I am today without people like Tracy Hicks do you remember Tracy Hicks and she would have been your youth worker Tracy and Tanya Ray who like I used to go to music club in the reco and not do anything I can't play an instrument never could never ever could and every week they try and teach me something because it was just persistence because they believed in us and it was the level of self-belief from them responsible adults in this community that kind of shaped my life. Like, I remember ringing one of the youth workers in the record and telling them that I was after getting a slot on TV3. And she was over the moon. She was happier than me, ma was. She nearly crying. And it was just a six week slot, but she, swear to God, she was delighted. They were investing, investing in you. And that sounds like something that you want to do, like invest in the city or invest in Ballymoan. I just want the best for my community. This community is the best. And, and just, I want people to realise that. <laughs> like I said when I was 16. One day I want people to sell their houses in Black Rock and move to Ballymun. Yeah. I still believe that. I still believe that one day people will go with a nice gaff there, but with a shit community. Let's move to a nice community. Again, it comes back to this whole thing about travellers, doesn't it? Yeah. I know travellers are lovely people. <laughs> like, I remember a few years ago there was a death in the traveller community of a very young child who my ma was friends with her ma. And I remember just hugging this woman I didn't even know. <laughs> in the sight and just she put her arms around me and just hugged me and we were both standing there crying I was like 17 and she just said to me thanks son I needed that I was like what she's like nobody ever hugs me other than my family and I was like you for real she's like yeah like you wouldn't hug a settled like I I have no communication with a settled person very little and you're after coming onto this site and hugging me I was like what's your time of need like you need a hug you yeah. a good hug so and you're all your life in Ballymoon Jamie yeah all my life in Ballymoon and all my life facing the prejudice of being from Ballymoon yeah that's right like I went on four states it's not something I openly admit you just did it Jamie you just openly admitted <laughs> yeah, it on a podcast yeah but like I'll tell you because she's our sound <laughs> I'm sure everyone like, knows you went on yeah. four states which is like is an RTE dating show is it? yeah it's an RTE dating show basically this producer approached me uh, I have an agent that gets me bits of acting work or whatever and this producer approached me and said, would you come on? And I rang him and I said, what do you think? He said, look, it'd be good for your profile. You know, it'll get you back on the telly. People will start talking about you again. So I was like, cool, I'll do it. 
But I told a story about applying for jobs in Ballymun as a Ballymunner and putting I live in Coultry so that's basically on the border of Santry and Ballymun so I can put Santry Lane on my CV and get away with it and I remember applying get for away t- with it for who like for your own in no, your own head but like so what happens is you apply for t- the same job twice right you put Santry Lane you put I don't, Ballymun know what, I don't CV. understand what you mean by get away with it so you get the job with the Santry Lane CV but you don't with the Ballymun CV yeah but that's always been the case yeah yeah but I, I'm lucky that Dean, I can't can put Santry hear Lane your story first please hold on a sec hold on a sec go on Dean that's go always been the case yeah. um like when I was a young fella, I used to put they wouldn't give you the job if you said you were from, from Ballymun so you try your auntie's gaff down and bleed in Santry or something like that right yeah well like I, I've even to this day I put Santry on my CV tell me what happened Jamie go on so basically I applied for these two jobs uh, in a shop in the Omni and I was smart I put two email addresses on it so I knew you know what I mean and the email came in for the job from the Santry Lane CV but not for the Ballymun exact Serious. same CV Exact same CV, no difference, only the address. And I went down to the shop, says, hey, I'm here for the and your man says, oh, yeah, come on in, dude, whatever. Says, can I ask you why you picked me CV? He's like, oh, I liked all your skill sets. I was like, oh, right, yeah, cool. So I put two CVs into the shop, just different addresses. And he didn't know what to say. He was flabbergasted. He's gone out of business now, and I'm fucking delighted. There he is. Yeah, but you, you, you can't be surprised by that type of stuff. Quite. Maybe it's not acceptable, or maybe it's a load of bollocks. But you can't be surprised that people have that position. It's like there was one in Pontins where they had a list of something like forty Irish names, and if you ha- if your name was on that list, they didn't take a booking. Like Jeez, you know what I mean? That's mad. Look how are people getting away with that? That's but they were doing it for years. I'm surprised that people were surprised at it. Now they kind of said all the names were Irish traveller names, but there was like O'Brien. You know what I mean? But it's it's like when I worked in the pubs. You'd get the no traveller thing. Like, it would always be, oh, we're booked out. Whereas when I was working, it was like, come on in, have a great time. I remember I was working in a pub, and I won't say the name of it, but I was working in a pub, and this group of travellers came up to the door, and it was during COVID times when you had to sign in and all that shit. And I heard that the accent was like, hey, lads, how are you? And your man says, oh, we're not allowed in, are we not? I said, come on in, grab a seat. Is that your traveller accent there that you just saw? How are you doing? <laughs> no, my traveller accent comes from Go on, do it. a fella who was still now very well. He used to sell DVDs around the doors in the flats. DVDs. How are you doing? I have a few DVDs there. Oh, Jesus, there's the Wobbies. Throw them in the door. <laughs> How's he doing, man? Good. Is that good, yeah? Go on, Jamie. That's rip. These lads come in anyway and they and end up a fight broke out in the bar. Nothing to do with them. And we'd no doorman on. And the traveller lads were the first lads over behind us. Saying, we have your back, boys. What do you want us to do? We were like, we're all right, sit down. And someone flung a glass. And one of the travel lads, without any anger or any aggression, grabbed your man, fucked him out, and that was it. And I said to me, manager, I was like, here you go. They're the people who have our backs. They're the people who are starting in trouble. But you won't let him in, but you let him in. Coked out of his tits. Over on a stag deal. Because <laughs> that's what the pub was. It was Sweet Caroline and fucking stag deals and... No, play devil, devil's advocate. There could be a night where the oh, travel lads do kick off. Of course there is. But you're not judging people on their whole group. Yeah, on their on their on their address, let's say. Yeah. You know what I mean? Or their skin colour or the fact of their ethnic status or their sexuality. Yeah. I suppose for me I've always been raised very anti racist. Like if my mom thought I was racist, she'd beat me. She would box the head on me. Like I've always been an activist. And when all this shit started out here, the anti immigrant stuff. My man rang me and told me that if I was involved in that, I wasn't welcome in our house. And obviously I would never be involved because I think they're shy hawks. And like every day I drive past one of the fingers and I roll me window down the car and I shout, FUCKING RACISTS! 
every day. There's that woman's voice again coming out. With Fucking racist <laughs> bastards! <laughs> every day. <laughs> but I, just, I don't understand racism. And I know, obviously, it's a big thing and racism is racism and I have to understand it, but I don't understand how someone from a marginalised community like Ballymun, who's been forgotten about for 50, 60 years by the state, can then go and say... Oh, well, fuck off you, well, my community. This community doesn't want you. This is the community that nobody wants. We are the people that nobody wants. Yeah, but I think you can understand it. You mightn't agree with it. You can understand why somebody mightn't want you to walk in their uh, business if your address is Ballymoan. Yeah, or why you can't get access to a pub if you're a traveller. Or why we don't want, you know, immigrants into a community that's... Ravaged with poverty. I think you can understand, understand it. it. You might, well, you might agree with it. you understand it, Dean? Tell me that. Look, I, I think it's the same way that he understands that somebody who won't give him the job because of his address. I think you understand why, why they do that. Wh- wh- what I'm saying is, why should he understand it? He shouldn't have to understand it. Because he understands sh- human nature. I understand, and I, I totally get what you're saying, maybe man, because he, I shouldn't have maybe to. Maybe he understands better that it's wrong more than understanding that it's right. Yeah, yeah, I'm not saying right or wrong. I'm saying you said you don't understand it. No, I think you do understand it. I understand, that. but what I don't understand is how somebody who comes from a community like Ballymun, who is, we're a strong community. We're a community of givers. Like, you just look on Ballymun Talks. Someone puts up, is there anyone that can help me with I this? I bleed and hate that face. So, oh, Jamie, so, you went to, so, Jamie, you applied for a job, yeah? Yeah. You're sitting in a CV. Yeah. You're called in or whatever, they phone you in, and you walk in there and they're interviewing you, and turns out that you're a nice person. And then... To realise for whatever reason you're from, let's say a neglected area, if you like, right? Whatever, whichever way they tell you, we can't. You can't have the job, or they phone you, or message you, whatever. Do you not just uh, think to yourself, I don't understand this? I have everything they want. You have a good sense of humour. You have all the the skills that they need. You're fitting, say whatever, let be height, age, whatever it might be. It makes a difference. Just say you're a male, and then. You're supposed to understand that. That's something you can't understand. It's it's a complicated it's, it, I understand it, seems like it something, but I shouldn't have to understand it. Seems it seems something that you, that you accept, but you don't, you don't understand. It, yeah, it's. I have to accept it. Because yeah. that is what's happening. And I can't change that, unfortunately. But I don't understand how it's allowed. That's what I don't understand. I don't understand how, as a society, we have accepted that. Because you're from a certain place, or you look a certain way... Or you fucking brush your hair to the left instead of the right, that you can be ostracized and pushed to the side, and someone who's more presentable and happy, or whatever you want to say. Like the civil service for me was a perfect example. I went in there exactly as I am now. I mean, I wasn't wearing a short and tie, I wasn't wearing, you know, what they wanted me to wear. And there was another young for the same age as me from a nicer part of Dublin, and he got the front facing position, and I was put in the back office. What do you mean a nicer part of Dublin? Well, he's from Malahide. What's nicer about Malahide? Nothing, in my eyes. Like, Malahide, like, my nana lives in Port Marnock, right? And I walk around Port Marnock. It's at the beach, but bleeding loads of places are at the beach. I walk around Port Marnock and get the willies. I do, I get the willies. <laughs> what the fuck is the willies? I get the willies. I get the willies up my spine. So I get the willies walking around Port Marnock, right? Because nobody says hello to anybody. You walk, like, you, you, you're out swimming in Port Marnock, right? Yeah. Do you ever go into the dunes up there? Uh, yeah, my brother can't go in. My brother, it freaks my brother out. That nobody has allowed you. 
Nobody says hello to you. You're right. You, you have to actually pay them for a salute or a how you are, hello or how you are. Yeah, walking them. around that. Now, like, I know that you would say hello because you're like me and Martin. You're just, you chat, talk the head off a hammer, like, you know what I mean? But I was in, I went to Super Value before I came here, I got an old bottle of Coke, And I'm bleeding. I swear to God, I was going to be late. I was going to be late. <laughs> yeah, I'm the same in Super Value. How you, how you, how's your ma? Is your ma still doing the Super Run? Tell a call over me a few bits for How's your da? I was getting breakfast the other morning and I left Emma's at like 11 I was like quarter past 12 and I was ringing her going I'm up, I'll be up the road now like it's it's mad it is it's but I just like so anyway this young flick got this lovely forward facing sorry I have to open my drink here got this lovely forward facing job because he was wearing a short and a tie and a suit and a jacket and a shiny shoes and I got put in the back office and he was the answer he was oh ask him he knows Ask him. I had more experience than him. But he was in the better job than me because I didn't fit the mould of short and tie civil service. Maybe that job wasn't looking for experience as its way of measuring. They were looking for a shiny. Yeah. And and yes. They were looking for a yes man. Uh, uh, what prompted you to go for a job in the civil service and what's that, what's that process like? So for me it was um, the bar work was affecting my mental health. I've always struggled with my mental health. I've always been very open about struggling with mental health because not enough young men in Ireland are open about it. So I've no problem sticking on Instagram that I'm depressed, I mean, no. Like, no problem. No problem telling everyone in the world that I'm on surgery lane, whatever the doctor gives me. Um, but I found the working in the pubs at night time, finish at four in the morning, go home at five, being in bed at one o'clock, getting up half one, having a shower, having something to eat, going back out the door at five o'clock to do another 12-hour shift. To work again. Just wasn't for me. Yeah, in the, in the nightlife industry, that's how it is. How long were you doing that for? Uh, three years. Three and a half years. A lot of pressure, wasn't it? It's, it is. It's, and especially in the bar I was working in, it's high pace. It's You're serving like a thousand customers an it's hour. All go, go, go. Like, it's all it? go. And was it mainly in the Dublin? Or is it the old Dubliner, yeah, the was old where Dublin. I was primarily. I've uh, done a couple of other odd shifts here and there. Um, cash in hand you up the tax man you <laughs> <laughs> up the tax Martin man Martin knows all about that he you doesn't pay the toll bridge or the NTL you don't pay the toll bridge I don't, get, I, don't yeah. get, I don't get paid myself to be paying the toll bridge or anything I'll tell you what the toll bridge will take your car off you yeah. I know a few people actually know a fellow who done three months in the joy for not paying his tolls I know a fellow owes 80 Martin's grand phone number owes <laughs> 80 grand in the tolls but uh, yeah like it just the, the nights were affecting me mental clamps. health do you pay for clamps no comment <laughs> well I pay for the Dublin City Council ones because are they can come and take your car are they going around with an angle grinder in the boot but any of the private companies <laughs> have a, a couple of clamps for sale yeah some fella sold me a key for the clamps ones and I bought it off for 50 quid they didn't yeah. work on any of them oh, <laughs> it was no <laughs> oh you be sick like the night the nightlife industry was affecting me mental health it was affecting me relationship with my girlfriend Um, you know I was seeing her probably twice a week and when I was seeing her I was wrecked I was a horrible person to be around. Like, I was always moody because I was tired. And, like, don't get me wrong, lads, I was making a blading fortune. <laughs> I was. I was making a fortune. What's a fortune for you, like, of a like night? I was, like, I was doing 100 quid a night in tips, plus me salary. Plus your salary, yeah. So like, And you'd be working how many nights? Four or five. So you could get a grand a week? Easily, like. Yeah, yeah. But I was blown because it was costing me 20 quid a day to park my car. It was costing me 12 quid a day to have something to eat. And then you'd have three or four cans of Monster at three quid a pop. 
So like it was costing me money to you be. You were eating healthy, is that what you were saying? Yeah, man, I love healthy eating. Now, do I not? Do you not look at me sitting here, Dean, and go, "That man is the epitome of health." Get that man a smoothie. <laughs> yeah. Now it just it took a towel on me, mental health, me physical health, everything. Your relationship. Me relationship, but like it also took an effect on like me social life. Like, I'm 24. I should be out. Having to crack, like I don't really drink. I probably drink once every three months. Not that I'm a teetotaler, but I just I don't enjoy being drunk. Like I used, to, I used to go to Hangar. Do you remember Hangar? Yeah, uh, was is it in Temple Andrew's Bar? Lane Theatre? You know where? Oh yeah, I do that. So yeah, that used to be whole thing gone now. Gone hotel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hotel. Go on, ask me another place, and I'll tell you. Hotel. <laughs> hotel. Dublin City Council. Hotel. Corner of A and B. Hotel. Um, but I used to go to Hangar on a Monday night. Called it used to be called Tour Martin. Two Euro Mondays, Martin. I would have loved to bring you two Euro Mondays because you would have hated it. What was it oh, called? Two Euro Mondays. Two Euro Mondays. Every drink is two Euro of a Fonky Monday. Red Bull, two Euro. Double Vodka Red Bull, 350. How long was this? About three or four years ago, before COVID. It was a beautiful time. I actually, I remember the day it closed down. I was out canvassing, right, for a politician. And a fella rang me, he says, Jamie, have you seen Hanger's Instagram? I went, no. I took out my phone. And I had a little cry. I was devastated because <laughs> my social life for a period of time my social life revolved around going out with 30 quid in your pocket and getting blade and banjoed and having enough to get a kebab on the way home you're living the vida loca oh, I love a kebab <laughs> would you like a kebab then? Uh, it wouldn't be something that I'd rush towards I wouldn't throw it away now but yeah uh, there's a great place in town I go to Zaytown I'd probably go about twice a year I'm not mad about Zaytown and actually a friend of both of our a mutual friend of both of ours who I won't mention because he probably won't want me to loves Zaytown I'll talk to you after about <laughs> but he loves Zaytown but do you like a kebab man? Uh, now and again Jamie honest to and you're young See, like kebabs. Oh, watch for the stop. <laughs> yeah, enough of them. <laughs> Actually, I'll tell you, first time I met Martin's young fella, he tried to sell me a car. <laughs> he said to me, Are you happy with that car? It's grand, okay? It's like, I have a nice one up in there. It's like, no, I'm all right. Are you sure? Come up and have a look at it. Like, I love the way you just slip into the accident. You don't give a rat. Who you're offending just goes, oh, no. I'm just, I'm just saying, but I, It's not about offending. Like, you want to hear Martin doing a, like a body moan or a double neck? Can't Hit do it. What he says is, I hear, leave it out. Like, I. <laughs> I know that I'm not offending somebody because to be offensive to somebody you have to have malice in it. That's I right. Think. Absolutely, yes. And I, I believe there's no malice in, in me having the crack. Like I would meet me travelling lads all the time. Like I used to hang around with a delivery driver and we used to do deliveries and we were only the only place that done deliveries into the site. And I used to love I, do you know who I love? And this is controversial, right? Huey Mon. Yeah, it's close. Why is it controversial? Because some people don't like some travelers. Like you meet some a traveler, people don't like me, but, but liking me is traveler, not controversial. You meet a traveler and say, "Ah, oh, he's a fucking idiot." We're all fucking easy, Shane. You're the biggest <laughs> fucking idiot here. You're telling me, bro. Se- second only to me and Martin. Now, like I love Huey Mon. I just think he is who he is, and if you don't like him, fuck off. You know what the best thing I think about Huey is? Well, was because we had him on this podcast, and he's like, he's so intelligent. Good but talk, he's yeah. starting to love himself in a non vain way. Great. You know what I mean? He's starting to really appreciate who the fuck he is. He's amazing. Yourself? Yeah, every moment of every day. Do you love yourself, Mark? He's very, very intelligent, aren't he? Very good speaker. Do you love yourself, Mark? 
Oh, so Jamie, if I don't love myself, who else will love me? So I say this all the time. When people say to me, you're playing mad about yourself. I go, do you know what I am? I'm losing <laughs> well, my well, hair. I'm six down overweight. But so fucking what? I'm bleeding gorgeous. You're bleeding gorgeous. Say that again. <laughs> gorgeous. No, say a proper double go on. You're bleeding gorgeous, you are. <laughs> There's a version of me that, I, that when I see her, I go, oh yeah. Like the physical version. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. When my hair is cut, my uh, beard is trimmed, I'm at the weight that I want to be. But I think that, that that's all superficial stuff. Below all that, I definitely think, yeah, I'm, I'm fucking deadly. Like, I believe, right, that if I can walk around every day feeling like I'm deadly, and don't get me wrong, there's days where I walk around and I want to fucking throw myself in front of a bus. But I believe genuinely there's days where I can walk around and radiate positivity. Like, people will walk by me and go, Jesus, he's fucking. That's not, what they're, that's not what they're doing. No, they're going, look at that fucking. <laughs> Who the fuck Do you is think that, Jamie? What's he yeah. after taking? <laughs> yeah, no, in all honesty, you're entitled to your opinion at the same time, aren't you? <laughs> I believe and I don't think anyone can take that away from you, am I right? Exactly. And I believe positivity breeds positivity. If I can say, thanks very much, have a nice day to your man that's serving me a coffee. But well, isn't it better to feel good about yourself than feel bad? Too right. So why not? A wise man once said, isn't it better to feel good about yourself than it is to feel bad? <laughs> <laughs> he was so excited to get you on this podcast. Why? <laughs> I'm just a young Jamie, tell us all about the experience you had on, uh, on uh, the Keys. Bridge. Yeah. The story I hate telling. Staff this is the, the story that people define me by. Oh, no, is this, well, this is lot, another story. There's a lot of people that know about, about it. about 16 stories yeah, there. Yeah, I, I, there's a lot of so people that know about it and there's lots of dozens. So, so on. I'll tell you before I move any further. I should have told you this instead. I am diagnosed with ADHD, ADD and Asperger's no syndrome. No fucking way. Right. So I have never let it define who I am. I've never taken Ritalin for it. Thanks. If my dad's listening, thank you, you mad bastard, for not letting them put me on Ritalin. Because it would have changed who I was. I remember Dean, and I'll tell that story in a minute, Martin. I will. I promise yeah, you I'll tell on, it. Yeah. But I remember Dean. Do you remember Occupy Dame Street? Yeah, I do, yeah. Do you remember you brought me to a march? Uh, yes. Do you remember you gave me a microphone? Yeah, I do, yeah. It's the time you got him locked up. So we were walking down <laughs> O'Connell Street. That's the day I fed his ego. <laughs> we were walking down O'Connell Street, and Dean Scurry hands me a microphone on the back of this truck and says, Say what you want. And he was at the been saying, If you are gay, come and join us. If you are this, and I just continued on. And we got to the Central Bank, and I was on top of the fucking world. I was just like, Do you know what? This is deadly. Yeah. This is what deadly. What was deadly about it? The fact that. Ordinary people were moving through a city, holding a place, Fe- hostage. With the freedom of speech. <laughs> Don't say that too loud now. No, but like genuinely holding the city to yeah, ransom. It was, it was protest. It was protest. It was a beautiful, beautiful thing. I love a protest. I do. And not because... Well, I might, I might be needing you shortly, so... Man, I'll join you. And, I, and <laughs> The thing is, right, I don't love protest because it's disruptive and because it's this, but I believe it works. I believe that... And you don't have to stand and block a road to protest. But it grabs attention, doesn't it? But a protest can be anything like... Imagine I'd done a silent protest. Jesus, the world would stop. There's people begging for that. I, uh, I done a sponsored silence a couple of years ago. 24 hours, yeah. For a charity. <laughs> this podcast is like your and my brain. It's it just jumping from one thing <laughs> to the next. So I'll tell the story of the bridge. Right? And I'll tell you the real story because use our sound. <laughs> you look real, real comfortable now, so, so sit back and listen to this. A few years chilled. ago, I was, uh, I was on the mitch from school. Wasn't great in school. Didn't get on well in school. Just didn't. The school I went to wasn't prepared to deal with what was going on in my life at the time and I just was a bleeding dickhead to be honest with you I was I was a dickhead so I used to go on the Mitch all the fucking time from like, school in Ballymun uh, school in Whitehall went to Plunkett's and it's sad when I look back at the class that I was in because there was 11 of us in the class three of them are dead 
three of them are drug dealers. Uh, two of us have normal-ish lives, and one of them is a international footballer. So it was a it was a big mix. But I used to go on the Mitch all the time. So they kicked me out of that school and they sent me to a school in town called St. Lawrence of Till Special School. And I was the most unlikely candidate for that school. Like I was. I was nice and friendly and I'd never been arrested, never been in trouble with the guards. Would only ever have positive interactions with the guards. And they sent me to the school and it was like a prison. You got searched going in. Took all your stuff off. You put it in an envelope. And they call it the special skill. It's called slot two. Saint Lawrence Hill special skill. Fuck, and it still exists. It still exists. It's on wow. Amiens Street behind Marino College. And as a youth worker, when I was working as a youth worker, I've supported many young people in that skill. But they sent me there, and I used to just go on the Mitch because my ma would walk me to the bus stop on the main road, and I'd get the bus in and tell her, "Oh yeah, yeah, get off the big train, walk down through Summer Hill, it'll be a great time, we'll go to school and have a lovely time, and all lovely." And I'd stay on the bus and I'd fuck off into town. And I'd go off to me. My routine was going to McDonald's. Me mum gave me a fiver for my lunch. Going to McDonald's, get a ham and cheese toasty, large coke, three sixty. Into Doctor Quirky's, then me one forty, <laughs> and try and win a few quid back to spend the day in town. Oh, was this every day? Most days, yeah. Not every day, like probably well. two or three days a week. And then remember, I met a group of people. They were buskers, and they're now some of my closest friends in the whole world. And I went on to do loads. We released a charity single with them and all. But, who, was, uh, who was that? Uh, Luke Clerk and Orla Kenny, the Neverland Club. We were called the Neverland Collective. We uh, used to busk for a charity. And uh, we we had everybody out. Like Glenn came out and bust, Gavin James, the Coronas, you name it. We had them. Like We used to just send emails to people and say, we're going to be in Temple Bar Square on this day at this time. We'd love you to join us. But back to the story. Sorry, I'm a bit of a trailer. Martin loves an old trailer. Oh, I love yeah. trailer. I've got a nice new trailer. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't believe the money they spend on them fucking trailers. 50 grand, some fella told me. That's a fucking Don't mind cheap, Dean, that's, that's, a cheap that's, that's all talk. It's like, it's like gypsy weddings. That doesn't fantasy. happen. So you'll buy a house, you get 50 grand. So you, where, where, where's the house? <laughs> so I remember one day I was in town on the Mission School and we were busking on Henry Street, me and another two youngblers. And... I said, I'm going over to Candy Lab in Temple Bar to get a bottle of Gatorade. This American drink that I used to be mad about. Full of sugar. Full of sugar. Like, all the E-numbers you can imagine. Be bouncing off the walls. And I used to drink about four bottles of it a day. <sighs> and I was walking over the bridge and I seen this fella sitting on the ledge of the bridge. And just in my mind, I don't think before I do something. I just do it. I'm just a doer. Just walk straight and said, are you alright? And he said to me, oh, just leave me alone. I'm grand. I don't want to talk about it. You know, go on, go and do what you were doing. So now you knew there was something wrong then? So I knew, there was tears in this fella's eyes, and like, about a thousand people walked by him, sitting on that bridge. And no one talked to him? Not one person even looked at him. People were too busy in their phones, or looking around. And obviously he looked distressed before you even asked him. Oh, he looked, he looked like he was going to throw himself in. Cause that's and everyone was just passing him by? Passing him by. So I said to him, look, why don't you come down, and sit here, I'm only a young fella, but I can listen, I don't know the answers to your problems. But I can listen. And I sat in the ground with him for 45 minutes and then convinced him to ring an ambulance. And I remember ringing 999 and saying to your man on 999, saying to him, look, this fella's been trying to throw himself in the bridge. And your man said, yeah, he's not a priority call at the moment, but I'll try and get someone out to him. serious? And I was like, not a priority call. And then I stayed in the phone for a few minutes and he said, I've someone on the way to you. So an ambulance came then. And I convinced this fella to win the ambulance. And people always say to me, was he homeless or was he you know, a drug addict or what was he? This fellow, and still is, and still in contact with him. Um, well, he's kind of not talking to me at the moment because of RTA, but it's another story. 
But um, bleeding drama queen, this fella. <laughs> no, RTE basically came. Let's not go into another sorry, story. Sorry, no, yeah, fuck's sake. Oh, yeah, go to so yeah, basically, I swapped phone numbers with him before he left. <laughs> I swapped phone numbers before he left. I said, "Look, give me a shout later on if you're still up in the hospital and you need a sandwich dropped up. You know, you need whatever." So a couple of months later, I get a text, and it was him, and he wanted to meet up with me. So I met up with him, had a cup of tea. Well, I didn't have a cup of tea online. I don't drink tea. Probably had a bottle of coke and met up with this fella and we're sitting there and chatting away, you know, blah, blah, how's things and how's things at home and whatever. And he, he says to me, uh, oh, the missus is pregnant. I said, oh, jeez, happy days. It's my worst nightmare. He, delighted for you. Was he an Irish lad? He was. Yeah. I was completely delighted for you. It's my worst nightmare. Um, never having kids. <laughs> and then he says to me, and we're thinking about naming the baby after you. And I was like, what? He was like, yeah, we're thinking about naming the baby after you. So I was like, look, I'd be honoured, but I don't expect it. Like, I just don't want any normal human would do. And they did. They named the baby after me. She gave birth to As far as he's concerned, you're genuine, he saved his life. Yeah, big part of the baby's like, I see him. See the baby often, like. Do you? Yeah. Yeah. So there's a bit I missed between when you called the ambulance and when he uh, was lying down with his partner making a baby. You called an ambulance. What happened at that point then? Oh, so we just sat there talking. Okay. So I just kept him chatting. The, the one thing I wanted to do was for him to calm down. I just wanted to bring him back down. And what was he doing there? He was sitting on the ledge of the bridge. Yeah, yeah, but he was what, what had brought him there? Work. So he... Don't want to say too much about him because in case anybody is listening and knows him because he's very private. But he basically he had a very high pressure job. He was working in the financial services at the time. He was under a lot of stress. Uh, he was in debt and he thought the only way out was... To, to fucking Trom's out in the liffy like. Yup Sally in the liffy And When I think back to it now I remember sitting on the path with him And I made a joke She wouldn't even die If you went in there pal You said to him Yeah Did you You were trying to talk uh, Talk him over by using Reverse psychology That wouldn't even kill you If you want to really die Come on I'll show you yeah, What to do basically But yeah so That's the story And there's a baby out there Named after me And <laughs> And look I've met the wife Loads of times And They're married now So when you were sitting there Chatting to him He started chatting back so then you just... He started spilling his heart to me. Wow, yeah, yeah, Like, yeah. just... It was an open, honest conversation. I was saying to him, like, you know, I've I've been depressed. I, I've I've had a shit six months. Got sent to this school. You know, it's in this school playing psychopaths. And he was like, no way. And I was telling him all about it. And he was like, wow, this is just a normal... You don't... I thought my life was bad. <laughs> yeah, basically. It must have been. <laughs> he offered to help me up onto the bridge. <laughs> no, but, uh, yeah, so the baby is called Baby Amy. You know, you're skipping forward again. I want to get to the oh, bit sorry. where the two of you looked in each other's eyes and realised both of us are human, both of us are vulnerable, both of us have problems. And then how did you head off from each other? You know what I mean? So basically then what happened was we're sitting there chatting and the ambulance pulls up. Okay. And the ambulance man gets out and he swaggers over it like it was an issue. Like, what are you fucking wasting my time for? So he gets that vibe and I get that vibe off the ambulance man and I say, look, you're better off going and getting checked. You're better off. Look, she wants a couple more hours. So you're meant to be in work anyway. So he goes off. But before he went off, I wrote me number. I said to the ambulance, can I show you a pen? I wrote me number down. And I said to him, give me a shout if you need. Like I said, if you need a Sambo or you need someone to sit with you up there, give me a shout. I'm free all day I'm meant to be in school So what that age, was it What age were you then? Probably 15 or 16 yeah. What age was he? He would have been about 33 or 30 So he was a fully ass grown adult A fully grown ass man Yeah yeah Like mortgage and all that Important stuff All that adult stuff Kids Responsibility Kids the ones that you don't want 
Oh, never. If I could get the snip now, I would. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, the story I was going to tell about RTE was uh, about a year and a half ago, an RTE producer from the Lale E approached me. And they were like, look, we'd love to talk about this on the, the Late Lay. And I was like, oh yeah, cool. Because like, when it happened, when the story broke on Humans of Dublin, it was a media whirlwind. And I was working for Dublin 2020 at the time, the Capital Culture bid. And all these companies, all these media companies came to me and were like, we'd love to hear this story. Give us the exclusive. And I was just, I freaked out and went into a hole and ran away and locked myself in the office. And Easel Bourne, who I am forever in debt to, rang me and said, Cape OPR, who are our PR company, have said, they're going to look after this for you. You talk to who you want, they will tell you, you say yes or no. She'll send you an email to start of every day, you say yes or no. And they looked after it all. And I, you know what, I never actually got to say thanks to them because it was such a massive whirlwind. The whole kind of social media thing was taken off. Yeah. You know what I mean? Uh, because before that, not every person wanted or knew about that you could have this, say, Andy Warhol's 15 minutes of fame. You yeah. know what I mean? Uh, and I'm not saying that that's what you were looking for. No, God, no. But in the last 10 or 15 years, it seems like that's what the whole world wants. Yeah. You know what I mean? So I got a lot of that. I got a lot of accusations about that. But I remember the big one for me was uh, BBC Breakfast contacted. Uh, your man sent me a Facebook message. And I was like, look... Capo are dealing with all of this stuff please go and talk to them because I am 16 and haven't got the head to be dealing with it and so Capo rang me a woman called Sarah said look they want to fly over tomorrow morning to Manchester to Media City they'll put you up they'll pay for your flights to pay for dinner or whatever but you need to bring an adult and I remember saying to me ma will you come with me and I was like I'm working I can't so I rang me nanny who's my best friend in the whole world I would take a bullet for that woman genuinely would take a bullet for her and I rang her and said, do you want to come to Manchester tomorrow morning? And she was like, okay. She didn't even ask why. She said, okay. <laughs> so they flew me to Manchester, but there was the night before, like I sat up all night in the apartment crying because I was so anxious because I was just getting the most horrible, horrible abuse online. So basically what happened was the BBC said, look, we'd love to fly over, but we need to verify this story. So I rang him and said, how are you? This story has gone viral. I had already checked with him about the Humans of Dublin thing. He was like, yeah, totally fine as long as you don't use my name or anything that'll identify me. And I was like, cool. So the producer said, look, can we do a three-way Skype call between me, you and him, confirm the story, get it locked down and then we're happy to go. So I was like, look, let me run it by him. And he was happy to do that. And Youngfellas from Ballymun, who I see every day now, made my life a living hell in that eight weeks of that storm is a very very outspoken young person from Ballymoon who was so horrible to me that I lay in bed crying for three days over what he put me through pass me in the street every day now and try not run him over it's so hard <laughs> that's against the law and I'm a law follower <laughs> make sure you say that on a podcast so we yeah, record yeah. it and if you yeah. do ever kill him we have evidence yeah yeah I, I, <laughs> I, I couldn't kill someone I don't have the guts to go back to the story RTE then said look we want to verify this and I was like yeah no problem let me talk to him same thing and he said I'd rather not he said you know we've moved on from it in our lives now I'd rather not dig up the past so I went back to RTE and said this and your woman from RTE accused me of making it up and I went back to him and said, look, they're accusing me of making it up, will you at least say that it, like, verify? And he was like, yeah, no problem. And she, I passed the number over to the producer 
and she hassled him for about four weeks, ringing him every day. She found out where he worked. She was ringing his office looking for him. Um, yeah, it was a horrible time. What was the moral of the story? What did you learn from all these experiences with BBCs and RTEs? Don't trust the media. Did he get angry with you about this time? He got angry with me, yeah. Didn't talk to him for... So he blamed you for drawing this onto yeah, him, basically? Didn't, didn't talk to him for a long time. It was a very hard time in my life. But uh, we're moved on from now because we're adults. So you go down here to you. Yeah. Oh, very good. That's the story Martin wanted to hear. That's the only reason Martin brought me in. Martin, you're a man of God. Oh, hold on. Here's where the table's torn out. Jamie's going to interview Martin. No, I just wanted to ask you, what was that thing you sent me on WhatsApp this morning? A prayer. Yeah, very interesting. It's a good morning. Have a good Sunday. A little prayer to go with it. So basically, Jamie, you got a blessing. Wonderful. I'm not a spiritual or religious man, but my ma is, and I'll send it to her. Yeah, it's nice, actually. There you go. I, I, do, I, do, I do send them around every day to everybody. And we when you got it, because I get loads of them off, Martin. And I, all I like, my contacts are sending them to everybody. I'd say people at, look at them. At, at the start, it used to freak me out a bit, but uh, it doesn't anymore, and I just look at them going, I am privileged to have someone like Martin send me something like that. That means yeah. a lot to him. It mightn't yeah. mean too much to me, but I know it means the world to him. I'm not a mascot, I'm not a religious person, and I've no problem saying I don't follow religion. But, Father, me and you, we've had a conversation about Father Deco. If Father Deco rang me now and asked me to bleed and drive to Cork and back, so I would. Yeah. But it's not because I believe in the holy power or whatever, it's because I believe in Father Deco. Because he's a friend, basically. And I believe that Father Deco has influence in this community that no one else has. That's right. Like, that man is a walk. And, like, if anybody deserves a sainthood, it's him. Yeah, absolutely. Like, I don't know, do you know Father Deco? I know Deco really well, yeah. Deco is a blatant gent. Like, Deco would give you his last 250. <laughs> I most. just think it's great that the priest in Ballymoon is called Deco. <laughs> well, his name is Declan. Like, you want to get all formal. Um, no, but we're Declan of the Like, I, I, I go up to him, I say, all right, Deco, what's the crap? Yeah, me too. I know Father Deco now 32 years. 32 years, yeah. 19. Jesus. First time I met him was 1991. Where was that? In Finglas. Yeah, the, big, uh, the church of the Annunciation that big church is knocked down isn't it? yeah it's gone yeah. massive church so here since we're talking about churches I'm going to do like a, I think it's a Joe Duffy where I go what do you think happens you don't believe in God you're not very spiritual uh, so I'm a bit of a weirdo right about death I have my funeral plant right I don't know why and my mates like my friend Orla knows there's a guest list to my funeral and she's to stand at the door of the church and allow certain people in. And, and not allow others in? And not allow others in. There's a list. And if you're not on the list, you're not coming. And Martin, I'm happy to your say... Your name's not Dan, you're not coming in. I've been happy to say, Martin, you are now added to me if you're on guest list. Um, it is a I big... bet I'd not be on this fucking list. So, Jamie, where did you order from, tell me? I don't know. I just... So Does that come from older, older families No, because my man has... Like, oh, well, my man has a funeral plan, actually. But, like, I just believe that a funeral is a celebration of life or whatever, right? And... I don't want to feel in a church personally, but it break my ma's heart to have to give me a funeral somewhere else. I believe if it is a funeral, it's a celebration of your life. It's not a celebration of your death or it's not a, ah, Jesus, he's gone. It's Jesus, he had a great time when he was here. Didn't he have a fucking great time? Wasn't he bleeding gas? So I want my funeral to be great crack. But where you ask me where you think you go, Dean? Ugh, I don't know. I think he's just going to the hole. That's where would, it. Where would you like to go? Where would I like to go? A nice sunny beach. 
viel ja. Cocktails. Auf die auf die Bar, auf die Bar, ja. Kannst du Red Bull? Du kannst Red Bull und ein Kebab. Ein Kebab. Now lads, talk about Kebabs. No, no, no stay, let's stay on this because you're you're gonna have to run out the door and talk about Kebabs. You'll shift this story into something else to be a bleeding helicopter dropping in the air. So suppose you live till you were 90 years of age, maybe 100. What happens? Does that, does that not does that not change your plans completely? No. What about the people on the list if they're not around by then? Huh? I, I don't want people at my funeral to be. Are you going to write a new list every 20 years? I don't want people at my funeral to be crying. They'll be it's fucking. <laughs> they'll be crying, laughing, it's, cheering. It's not a it's not a sad <laughs> occasion that I'm dead. When I die, I will have died having done everything I wanted to do in my life. I'm happy in my life now. Jamie, if I, I walked out the door here and got a smack of the tour DNA. Well, it wouldn't happen because Tordina is not in existence anymore. <laughs> it doesn't come there anymore. If I walked out the door now and got hit by a bus, I'd, be, I, I'd die a happy man. So tell me something, Jamie. If you talk about death now around your parents, would they be freaked out, would you? No. Death is a very open conversation in my house. Serious? Very open conversation, yeah. So what do they think? My ma thinks it's gas that like, I have me feeling on a plan, but... No, no, no. What does she think of the death thing? Oh, my ma believes in the higher being and you go to heaven and... Okay, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. My ma believes in that. And my dad doesn't. My dad's... Uh, well, actually... Perfect example. Drove by the church, went to Fairy House Market today with my dad and my missus. She'd never been. Do I know your dad? Yeah, Twinny is his name. He has a brother, Kevin. Stephen. Because I know Kevin. your ma really well. Bro. Yeah, she's a penhole. But Twinny <laughs> is my dad. I'll show you a picture <laughs> of my ma. Your ma's amazing. But uh, <laughs> drove by the church in Finglas where my ma and dad got married and then got divorced uh, two years later. But drove by the church and my dad blessed himself. So what are you fucking blessing yourself for? He said to you. No, he blessed himself. Oh, you bl- he blessed himself. What are you blessing yourself for? He said, just drove by the church. Nanny, I didn't kill me if I didn't bless myself. I said, Dad, I haven't seen you. The last time I seen you in mass was Grandad's funeral. And you said, I was smoking for the half of it. <laughs> so I moved in with my dad about a year and a half ago. I was renting in Ballymoon. Uh, made the big leap out of my ma's house because I was sick of living with my little brother. <laughs> he's a pain in the hole. We're all a pain in the hole, Jamie. No, nah, but he's a robin little bastard. <laughs> Sleep your wallet in your pocket. Because <laughs> he, just, he just doesn't understand that that's my money. Um, and lovely uncle, though. But I moved into a house on Sandy Hill and the landlord was a uh, capital CU next Tuesday. Uh, I had an argument with one of the girls, I was living with three girls in the house, and I had an argument with one of them and the landlord threw me out with about a week before Christmas. And I had nowhere to go, I was literally on my arse, no space in my ma's house. Uh, like nothing. And I rang my dad and I said, Look, can I move in with you for a week? And he said, Why would you move in with me for a week? Just move in with me. I've lived with him ever since and we have wow. a great crack. And did you have a relationship with your dad? Not really. Wow, that's fucking Like not really. Like that's I see a, him. Here, that's handy, isn't it? It is. Now look, don't get me wrong, he is a pen to holes in life. He's real particular. He loves things done military precision. Like put a few bob in the gas every week as part of me rent or whatever. But I forget you know, I just forget. Not that I'm not doing it on purpose. He's just forget. forget. <laughs> He's only one thing to do when he forgets it. <laughs> and my dad came in on the side and said, Did you put the money in the fucking gas? <laughs> Who's that voice you're doing? That's me dad. <laughs> <laughs> no, my dad. So I'm a Harrington, right? And the Harringtons are singers, musicians. They're talented people. And my dad is talented. He's a Harrington, but you could hum a song to me dad. And he'd take out the guitar and he'd be able to play it. The guitar? He'd play it back to you. Very good. My granddad was a whistle player. All my family are singers. Like, you go into any pub in Finglas and you'll find one of my family sitting at the bar. And do you sing? A little bit. Like, I wouldn't sing professionally. Actually, do you know what, Dan? You're going to hate me for saying this, but I have a massive love for Glenn Hansard, The Frames, Damien Dempsey, because of you. And Sparky. 
So I remember hanging around his party. Oh, I seen you come out on stage with Glenn one night. You got that on video, your bollocks, yeah, and my dad brings great. out at every yeah, Christmas yeah, party. Very good. Every family do. My dad says, hold on, I'll show you Jamie and Vicar Street. Hold on. Yeah, turn that down. I think Glenn was just enamoured by how amazing you were doing at the time or whatever. I've seen that. Did, did Glenn call you up at the time? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And he let you play the guitar as well, didn't he? Yeah, I've heard you sing. I forgot all about that. Yeah. So sorry, you were so saying. So I have a voice, but I don't use it. You were saying something about Sparky and your dad and singing. Yeah, so Sparky basically found me when I was younger and I was in a really shitty place I was having a horrible time in life and Sparky introduced me to you I had known you but I didn't know you and Sparky introduced me to you brought me swimming remember the first time going swimming with you I wouldn't get in the water and you said to me you have two options get in or I'll push you in <laughs> and I climbed down the ladder that was a great help wasn't it and I didn't know it, it helped because I climbed down the ladder and now I love swimming. Not everyone gets that tenderness. <laughs> no. Sink or swim. And then Sparky, we used to listen to negative vibes in the bus. You'd be baiting around town going, I'm never gonna let. And just top of your voice, you'd be baiting around town singing. That's not your singer voice. No, that's not my singing <laughs> voice. And then I just developed this love for like Irish. Do your singing voice, Jamie. Nah, I'm all right, I'm off singing for Lent. It's not going to go away. Do your singing voice. You're a religious man. I give up singing for Lent. Martin's a great man and not singing as well. So <laughs> if you feel like singing, we would love to hear you. Honestly, I don't. I don't. Even a couple of words of your singing voice, Jamie. I don't. I just. Martin's trying to encourage Jamie. Although when I try to encourage Martin, he gets all shy. I do your deal, Martin, right? It's not all as simple. As you as sing as a song and I'll sing a song. Oh. Oh. Go on, sing first on it. Come up to lift you on the last punch. You're, you're, be, you're, you're just about to what, win the day. What songs would you? Sorry, what, what songs would you enjoy singing? There's a song, and we spoke about funerals. It's Star Star by the Frames. Oh my God! Yeah, it's me song. It's me funeral song. Star, it's the song. Star Star. I'll sing. I don't need you. Teach me how to shine. Teach me, me so I know what's going on in your mind. That tune wow. is the song of all time. Well, can you go up there where Glenn goes? Yeah. Star. Hold on, let's, let's try and get it together. No, I right? can't now. Star, star, <laughs> teach me how to I can't shine. now. Oh, my God. I'm not warmed up. So I, when I was your age, I used to go and see the frames in Vicar Street. Do you used to also do like a kind of... Are that old? Don't say that now. They used to all also do like an annual gig on Halloween on British Bay Beach with a fire and all that. But in Vicar Street, they'd have a whole light show and there'd be stars on the backdrop. And it was just, that was... For me, that song is It was magical. beautiful. That song is the song I listen to when I'm sad. It's the song I listen to when I'm having a great day. It's just me song that makes me realise that everything's going to be okay. Things are going to... We'll get there. That. And... Weirdly party on by demo. If I'm in the car on my own, I'm having a shit day. I'll stick party on on. I'll turn the radio all the way up and I'll bait along singing party on. Doing the doing speed cocaine. Mix it in alcohol and go insane. Ah, deadly. Like just, and I I love a demo gig now. So me and my friend, or is my best friend in the whole world, and you know, like you've a friend that you would do. Anything for like you two, you are besties, so I would put you in the besties category. Me and him has more fights. Well, me and Orla have more than fights than anybody else. Ah, oh, probably but, in Ireland, I'd say. But could you ring him at four o'clock in the morning and say, I need you? He's forever sending no, me I'll pictures. Ring him, I'll ring him at four o'clock in the morning and tell him, <laughs> I'll ring him at four o'clock in the morning and tell him, Stop ringing me phone this time. <laughs> but like, Orla is the friend that I can ring at four o'clock. Like, perfect example, a few years ago, I got broken up and I was bleeding heartbroken. I was the first girl I ever loved broke up with me, and I went out and I went out in the session. 
and I was walking home from a house party in Poppetry and I rang Orla Kenny at 4 o'clock in the morning sobbing my heart out sat against the wall outside the Star Project sobbing and I rang Orla and she talked to me for an hour outside she, she sat in bed talking to me for an hour getting your heart broken is interesting it's is, that your, is that your, your missus now is no that no my missus is Hannah Hannah oh, is sorry, the best saying, but, but Orla is my best friend in the whole wide world who would do anything for me look I could ring her and say I just need a cup of tea and a hug and she'd get in her car and she'd drive to me with our new baby and just give me a hug so we go to the demo gigs that's okay. our thing we've never missed a demo gig okay. together like so me and her go to every demo gig but a few years ago before Covid we went to a demo gig and a hot press photographer snapped us on the front row arm in arm crying what's that song? We grow strong or we fall Yeah, Chris and Stevie, is it? That one. Yeah, yeah, it's lovely. So that's me and Orla's favourite song together and we were arm in arm crying and a hot press photographer caught pictures of us and then about 20 minutes later we caught pictures of us jumping around having a great time. You're a hoe for the camera. Do you know what, Dino? People say that to me all the time. Do you keep throwing yourself in front of the camera? <laughs> he does. I don't, right? I actually... He here, he rang your man up the suicide fella saying there's any chance at <laughs> four o'clock we can meet you. <laughs> 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 you ever ask me a Sit on the wall. Never ask me a hole. And then pictures are pictures that I will cherish forever. I'm trying to get Martin to a, a Dempsey gig. I got him tickets for the Abbey Theatre, but he... I don't think he's quite ready to sit in a, in a venue with me and let it all out, you know what I mean? Martin, can I tell you, right, it's like a therapy session. I swear to God, it's like a therapy session. You go in there and you have the weight of the world on your shoulders and you go in there and you're surrounded by like-minded people who are struggling. They're struggling like fuck to get through life. And Damo opens his mouth and hits that guitar and your problems are gone. For that three hours or whatever it is, your problems are non-existent. You're there, you're... Your soul is f- like I don't believe in all this soulful shy like Dean fucking out doing yoga and <laughs> clapping his hands and or Martin with his God or Martin with his God yeah but I, I don't believe in that shy but I swear to God Damien Dempsey's music is just it's soul lifting you won't meet an angry person at a demo week you won't meet someone who go oh, I'm depressed tell me fucking head what's the soul Jamie my soul or what is their soul well so I think my soul is. What is my soul? My soul is happiness. That's the question I had for you. Because Martin said you should write down all those questions. And the only question I had for you for the last few days was, what makes you happy? What makes me happy is doing the right thing. And that's so cliche and so cheesy, but I get nothing better than satisfaction now of helping someone. I know someone is struggling. Just helping them. Just being that friendly face in someone's shit life. Someone's having a shit time. If you can be a, a smiley, friendly face, so be it. Like, there's now around the corner for me. And I say it all the time, she was up and down the road or whatever. A couple of weeks ago, it was raining her off at her lift, and I swear to God, you think it was after giving her a million euro. Changed her life. Changed her whole week. Be giving her a lift in the rain. And I just, what makes me happy is knowing that a small deed that I do on my day can change someone's whole week. That's right. Very Something good. that takes me 30 seconds can change someone's week. Good, good way to think. What I've seen you do in the last couple of years is start to be, and I've learned this lesson as well, start to be kind to yourself. Oh, big time. Being yeah, kind but you have to be kind to others as well, though, haven't you? It's important, but if you're not kind to yourself, you're no use to anybody else. I believe that, and like people I sit here like, 
self-love and all that shit and think that you're going to stand in the mirror going, you're the best, you're the man, oh yeah, big guy. I don't know fucking accents. Hey, big guy. That's one of the, that's one of my customers in the bar. Hey, big guy, give me a double J-mo. Americans love saying that, double J-mo. Double J-mo, is it? Hi, hi. You guys do J-mo? But like, for me, self-love is lying in bed with me missus, watching... Shy telly Like we're watching Something about yachts At the private yacht Start 50 grand a week To rent I Swear to god We're watching it Candy floss TV Candy floss TV Just shy And these people Pay 50 grand To rent this yacht For a week And it's great And then they leave A big tip at the end And me and I have a competition Who can guess closest To the tip Tip is 30 <laughs> They leave 30 grand sometimes And I'm like That's for me Is self love It's it's recharging the batteries Or sometimes I sit in the car Drop Drop her home Or drop me ma home Do whatever and I sit in the car and just listen to a bit of music. Or I, I love a podcast. I do love a podcast. I didn't like podcasts. Because my head is always going. I'm always thinking. And podcasts for me for a little while were like too much information going in to a head that already has so much information. I was trying to process it. And that's part of the ADD. And I've always struggled with that. Like the attention span is shy. But I also, because I have it as well, I kind of use it as a superpower. Me too. I've learned yeah. to use it as a superpower. This is my superpower that I was given to change the world. The world is fucked so. The world is bollocksed. How are you, son? <laughs> How are you, son? Did you say you take, because uh, I was on uh, uh, antidepressants, sertraline? Sertraline, yeah. The way I'd done it, the doctor said do it for six months, but I kind of done it for three months, and then it, w- and then it was all right for me. Uh, so I took them, didn't like them, because they made me feel empty. If you know what I mean Like if you get that They made me feel like Yeah hollow and empty I wasn't me anymore So I stopped taking them And then I got really 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 depressed And I went back There's a mental health nurse In the civic centre In Ballymoon And her name is Bridge Conlon And I'll shout from the rooftops The woman is a bleeding magician She just understands She just gets it She's not a bleed She doesn't act like a doctor She just acts like a human She says It's okay to feel shy Have a shy day Stay in bed do what you want. Yeah, I have the same relationship with my doctor, which is very, very encouraging. Like my doctor, and actually my own doctor as well, she takes mental health very seriously. She understands that the world is a bit fucked. <laughs> but yeah, so certainly, you know, I took that for a while, stopped taking it, and then got really depressed. I went back on it. And I'm actually, I'm off it now at the moment because I'm feeling better. And I want to try and build my life back up to feeling great without relying on something. I've seen how people can become addicted to drugs. Like sertraline And rely on drugs And like the first doctor I went to I was having really Bad trouble sleeping Told her I was having trouble sleeping And she threw sleeping tablets at me Didn't even know me Knew nothing about me Knew nothing about my family history And just threw sleeping tablets at me And I was thinking to myself No wonder we have a fucking this drug problem the first doctor lady. The first doctor I went to see She was a locum doctor My doctor was out sick She didn't even read me file cause That's I, a locum doctor I should know that Because like, my nephew's doing uh, Pharmaceuticals in college so basically a locum doctor is if your doctor is out sick oh, it's, it's an like agency a, it's, doctor. It's an agency paid doctor. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So on my file my doctor has said already I've no interest in sleeping tablets or calmers, relaxers, uppers, downers, happy, sads. No interest in them. Because I've seen youngfus in my community go to the doctor having trouble sleeping. And six months later, the same crack. way with with antidepressants. Because I've seen people and it not working, mm. and I was like, I don't want to get antidepressants. So SSRIs are the yeah. one I was on sertraline. I was shiting myself to take it, but I went into my doctor, had a really honest chat, had a good cry, talked to my family, and then said, okay, I'll just ease into this. 
that with other things were very very effective for me you talk about going to your doctor actually I went to my pharmacist would you believe because I the pharmacist I go to Tommy Laverty in Shangan I've known him my whole life and Tommy would wouldn't bullshit you and I said to him look I haven't really got a clue what these are she gave me them and something else and he said to me he said Jamie they're addictive you're not going to like them you're going to hate them he said try them if the doctor told you try them but you know they're not really a Jamie Harrington drug and I trusted his information and I'm glad I did I don't know personally personally I think to do more harm than, than good These yeah I, I, don't, I didn't really have, have a choice because I was kind of yeah, me I was hollow felt empty felt useless purposeless worthless and that's the and worst. I was suicidal see that word purposeless yeah yeah that trying to describe that to someone so Martin I don't know if you've ever struggled with your mental health but for me the feeling of purposelessness you don't have a purpose you don't have you've no reason to be here for me everything I do has revolves around having a reason to be here like my reason to be here this week because I take a week by week my life is week by week because I don't set expectations I don't set goals because you don't hit a goal you feel like a tick I failed my driving test so what get over it I don't fail mine four times. There's a Garden Valley moon has my name tattooed on his forehead, I'd say, looking for me. <laughs> but I don't care. Hold on, for what? For not having a full license. Oh, yeah, yeah, sorry. Yeah, no, oh, I'm, not a drug dealer. I'm not a drug dealer. <laughs> so I don't know, like, Martin, if you've ever struggled, but the feeling of purposelessness or worthlessness or not having a purpose is horrible. And you're, like, you've kids. Your purpose is to protect and provide for them children. Family, yeah, that's right. I don't have kids, I have a dog. But you have family, haven't you? Yeah, but when you're in that mental state of mind, you don't think about that. You don't think that you have a purpose. Like, you think your purpose is to sit in bed and be sad all day and wallow in your own self-pity. And, like, I remember when I was living in Sandy Hill, I was in this mad depressive state. I had just failed college. I tried so hard at college. I threw everything at it. Like, I swear to God, I was only short of bribing the teachers to give me extra lessons in there. Because I wanted it so hard. I was working in a U project. I was studying social care. And I wanted it. I wanted that piece of paper to say that I'm a youth worker. Even though I'd been working as a youth worker for a year and a half. And everyone I talked to said to me, you're a great youth worker. I wanted that piece of paper. And I failed. And I lay in bed for three days. Didn't wash myself. Didn't eat. Didn't sleep. Just lay there on my own. Wallow me all self-pity. And for me, that feeling of purposelessness I hadn't got a purpose because I was after failing the only thing that I was good at was horrible so when you mentioned that word then I actually got a shiver up my spine yeah because I, I mentioned it like I wouldn't have known it unless I'd been there I just felt hollow I was trying to describe it to my family yeah. hollow empty no purpose and you don't really other people don't really come into it because you end up in a place where it's just you and your lack of self purpose. Life is about that purpose, having a purpose. Yeah. You know what I mean? So I it's, describe it's, it. It's the why. We'll do any what if we have a why. So I describe it as someone said to me, What's it like struggling with your mental health? And I describe it as like, It's like you're drowning, right? But everyone is standing and watching you drown. And you're calling for help and you're trying to get back up to the top, but you just can't get there. You just can't reach the top of that water to grab someone's hand. And you're sinking deeper and deeper and deeper till you hit rock bottom. And once you hit rock bottom, you feel like there's no saving you. But for me, remember, uh, I might get a bit sad talking about this and I'm sorry if I do, 
But I remember going to my ma, walking up the stairs in my ma's house, standing at the top of the stairs, and her bedroom was in front of the stairs, and she opened the door and she said, what's wrong with you? And I just burst out crying. And she grabbed me and she hugged me. You didn't know what was wrong with you, did you? I didn't know what was wrong with me. But she grabbed me and she hugged me, and she gave me that big hug that only a ma can give you. And she didn't let go, and I just knew everything was going to be alright. I just knew that things were going to get better. Because like I said to you, your purpose is to mind and protect your kids. And I knew that her purpose was to mind and protect me no matter what. And I needed yeah, to be I reminded so, of that. I think if a person gets into, say, what you call it, a bad form or a bad frame of mind, it's not something that's always going, you have to think that the next day is going to be a better day no matter what. But when you're in that frame of mind, it's so hard to think that. To think like that, is oh, it? Ah, like, you could, like, Dean, I could be depressed, Emmy, no, and Dean could say to me, a hundred times, everything's going to be grand, Jamie, and I go, cool about it, thanks so much. It's like, you know when you're having a bad day and someone says, how ah, will you cheer up? Oh, well, love if you fucking say cheer up, hold on, I get me bleeding pom-poms. It's, yeah, it's not as a, easy as... There's an interesting thing you said there. One was, well, you said two things that resonated with me. One was hitting the rock bottom, because I found rock bottom is a really nice place to push off. You think it's going to be where the rope is, yeah. but actually it's something you can push off. And then also the the release through the crying is a really nice moment because it's like you're, there's a balloon that's being blown up and then all of a sudden, and you're trying to keep that balloon together. Mm-hmm. But you know at some point, it, this is going to blow. Yeah. And then you and get waiting. the tears. Yeah, you get the tears coming out and then you're celebrating almost afterwards going, fucking, I'm at the crying. I'm at the yeah. feeling, a feeling that was, was different was a was a different feeling other than worthlessness or purposelessness. Yeah, some people say to me all the time, "What do you recommend?" You know, for feeling depressed, I recommend a good crying session. <laughs> Not genuinely. Go to a day with them, kick and cry hard. No, then. but like sometimes, like then, I swear to God, and lads, I'll be totally honest with you. Sometimes I go out in my car and I get into my car and I drive out to Pomarnock or out to Hout and I sit up in Hout Head and have a little cry. Yeah, it's deadly. Sometimes you need it, like yeah. genuinely. <laughs> I've been there. You just need a little so cry so many times. Or sometimes. And me and my ma, like, we've this weird relationship, right? She's a panda hole, I'm a panda hole. We're both lovely people, we both do great things, whatever. But we don't really get on a lot. Because I'm a bit cranky and she's a bit free-flowing and I like things to be organised or whatever. But sometimes I just go over to my ma's and just sit my ma's and gossip, talk shy. Do you hear what he said? And do you hear what, do you see what he put? Talk about yachts. Talk about yachts. And I tell you, ma, he didn't leave a tip. The service was atrocious, he said. Yeah, someone's just going to be mad for a little gossip. Uh, so, right. Jamie, you were planning on being a comedian, were you? You were thinking about that? I thought, like, I'd done videos on Facebook and I, I was getting loads of popular hits and everyone loved me and I was playing, I was doing, I'd done a stint on TV3 and they were gas. I loved that. They gave me so much creative freedom, freedom, creative freedom to do what I wanted. I uh, basically wrote six scripts for six separate days. They brought me out and filmed before the elections in 2016, uh, asking people questions about politicians that I wrote. And it was great crack. And then they brought me to the ploughing. But they told me, they, were, they just said, we're bringing you to a festival in... Portlaoise. Oh, you went to playing championships. And I thought I was going to an electric picnic. I was like, this is playing there. They're going to an electric picnic. I'm having a great time. Got me wellies and all. They brought me to the plow. And I just had a great time. And then, kind of, I met a girl. And she told me she didn't like me doing Facebook videos because I was getting a lot of female attention. Like, people would stop me in the street for pictures and stuff. Because at the time, social media was so big that I was, like, 
I hate saying this, but I was one of the LG influencers. But you couldn't help that. He's a good looking chap, uh, Jamie. Stop oh, it, you make me blush. I, think the, I think the body is up line. <laughs> <laughs> well, like, so myself, James Donnelly, Dan McCormick, Kane Toomey, Fabu D, like all these people, we were the OG influencers. We were the OG content creators. And I stopped doing my videos then for whatever reason. And I kind of hit a creative block as well. Kind of figured out I wasn't funny anymore. And then TikTok came out. And now well, I happened? TikTok. You figured out you weren't funny anymore. I just, I hadn't got a funny anymore. Why? Was someone telling you you weren't funny or what? Kind of. Yeah. Kind of as well. But also I just couldn't figure out. Like I was, the trends were moving so fast. You seen you got a girlfriend and she told you that she didn't want you doing. Uh, yeah, yeah. Is that is that what put is that what put you back a bit? Was it? Did it set you back? Oh yeah, of course, yeah. Because she was in bad doing, form, right? She was loving my life at the time, and yeah. I would have done anything to make her happy. But now I'm really happy in where I am. I'm starting to do a bit more content creation on TikTok. I can't figure TikTok out. I know what it is, and I like I'm into computers and all that. I just find it very brain damaging. Yeah. So there's a local shop to 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 all of us here. Uh, who's I'm helping with his social media a little bit because he's an older man nice shop and we in three days we've done nearly 2,000 followers on TikTok with nearly a million views on three videos and how does that help him? brings customers to his shop oh, very because good. Okay. he has a very niche product yeah yeah can you say what it is? yeah of course it's Lawrence's in Santry Chenard Lay Shop oh um, you know your man with all the millions of stuff yeah, it's like a little quirky shop. Yeah. yeah so yeah, basically, yeah. he has all the American snacks in now that all the kids are going mad for the bottles of Prime and all that Prime. crap. Prime. What is Prime? It's just a bleeding drink. <laughs> Who's it? Uh, Jake Paul, is it? Yeah, Jake Paul and KSI. He, he Logan, knows the most random shit. Martin knows the most random shit. He knows about Britney Spears. He loves Eminem. Do you know where I get a wee mirror from my car? Yeah, then the shop that you're promoting. <laughs> <laughs> That's the only thing I don't have. Everything but the kitchen you know, sink. The least you can do is get you a mirror. But basically, I found <laughs> me funny bone again, if you know what I mean. Yeah, I found your mojo. I found me mojo. Um, making funny TikToks for Lawrence. Deadly, yeah, yeah. And I'm loving it, and I'm I'm having a great time. And is this what you is? Does this pay your bills? No, Jesus, no. All right, okay. Uh, at the moment, I'm unemployed. So yeah. if anybody out there is looking for a 24 year old, very handsome, kind of chunky <laughs> young man, ring uh, Jamie. He'll point you in the right direction. <laughs> I, uh, now I I'm happy where I'm at at the moment, Minutino. I'm unemployed for the first time since I was 16 you just call me Dino Dino yeah <laughs> that's what I've called you're unemployed me. since the first time you were 16 and you're 28 now are you 24 24 sorry you got that wrong and you were so walking so are you saying it feels good to be unemployed do you know what it does it does it feels good to be unemployed it feels good to be unemployed welcome to Ireland now I'm doing a few bits you have a I'm bit of extra time bits. for yourself to do I'm doing a few bits I you're am you're an artist Jamie you're an artist but like I'm doing a few deliveries on the side and all that Joy. but I am but I'm happy to to have some time to find myself again I think you're happy I'm happy I'm just happy to yeah. be alive because you can get knee deep in everyone else's expectations of you Big time. and trying to satisfy everyone else's I only bought these trousers for someone else wearing them who Jamie Harrington is or who Martin is or who Dean is you know have you ever co- collaborated with Dean Scurry in the in the comedy uh, business he's no. in a podcast with me now isn't he because um, you know that Dean was um a comedian for 10 years, yeah? No. Dean, go on, tell him about it. Well, I know all about Dean. This is where Martin James, me up James, for, James, for I know all about Dean's comedy. give you a little bit of a break One of my favourite videos Come on, the Dean, tell him all about Dean it. Yeah. the Department of Defence. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> I want to teach my child defence. <laughs> have you ever heard that one, have you? Go on, give him a chance. Give him uh, a chance, Jamie. He's have, a, have you, I want to teach can, my child defence. We defense. can sit back and Karate. I don't know how well that will go down now because it's me doing like my version of an African accent coming to Ireland. I got. I done a video a few years ago and got big trouble for it. I don't really Care. No, me either. Come here. There was a bit that you mentioned um, 
you were in the old L Dubliner. L Dubliner and Hemel And Bright. you left there and you went into the civil service. How did you get in there? You obviously have to do it like a, a they yeah, ad, they advertise. agency. Say again? True recruitment agency. They advertise, you go for the job, you get yeah. civil servants. Because I know somebody who got a civil servant job recently. What were you doing? Uh, I was a broadcast complaints officer, but it was just too clinical for me. The person who I was working under, she was there 34 years. So it's kind of like, yeah, really embedded civil servant yeah. ways of working. Yeah. And that doesn't suit your free like, spirit. I wasn't putting dates on tops of emails and I was getting disciplinaries <laughs> for it, like... I called somebody <laughs> if, it's not gonna, if it's not happening Jamie's way It's not going to happen so, so someone emailed in Say it was Dean Scurry And I, I replied Dear Dean Instead of dear Mr Scurry Yeah you were very formal Here, I pal. was very informal Here pal I wasn't oh, formal sorry, sorry you were very informal Here diff- pal Do you want to meet me down at the Livia We'll have chats <laughs> They forgot you came from Ballymun <laughs> It wasn't even that They just forgot I was a human I wasn't just a robot Oh that's what I wanted to say to that's you That's true When you were sitting down with your man Chatting shit At the bleeding Liffy what I seen was you just connected with his humanity. Yeah, we were just two humans. Yeah. We weren't rich man, poor boy, whatever, you know. Boy missing from school, it wasn't that. <laughs> it was yeah, nothing yeah. about on that. the bench from the special school. <laughs> it was nothing about that. It was two human beings having a human moment. And actually, about a year later, I was working in Dublin 2020. Do you remember Dublin 2020, Dean? Uh, yes, yeah, so it was our campaign to get the city of culture for 2020. Yeah, we failed miserably. Uh, great campaign Aye we went for it though But there's a fella from Ballymoon <laughs> Who I see every day Try to throw himself Into the Liffey off the boardwalk And I seen it, seen it From the office window And ran down the office from stairs Ballymoon. From Ballymoon From see him every day Ran down the office stairs Jumped over the little wall At the boardwalk And me and an English tourist Dragged him off Serious Swear to god yeah and you must have learned your lesson because you didn't go on the Late Late Show for that No I fucking didn't, <laughs> didn't tell anybody about that You was the first person to know But I see him every day And every day he says to me Alright you want to change my life I think you like you like a little bit of that where you get a connection to life by interacting with people in a positive way. Yeah, I just love positivity. I do, I, and I, like I'm guilty of being negative sometimes, as we all are. But I love being positive. I love having a positive outlook. Everything will be alright. The way I see it is, as long as there's petrol in my car, my insurance, my taxes paid, and you can live rent free with your dad. And I can, well, no, I don't live rent free with my dad, but I can say to my dad, "I'm on my arse this week. I'll give you something next week." I'm happy, I'm just plodding along, I'm doing my thing. Yeah, and there's no big expectations to be the next super sensation on TikTok. The one thing we were talking about this earlier, and the one thing I'll say again is, like you said, be myself for the rest of my life. I wouldn't be this person I am without the work that was put into me by the people of Ballymun. Elwins in the shops. I used to hang around the shops when I was younger. Let me carry the bags out of their car, give me two quid, whatever. You workers, I say it again, Tracy Hickson was a woman sent to this. And you believe in God and I'll tell you this, Tracy Hickson was a woman sent from it, from heaven to earth to be a youth worker. She was just, she brought us up to Hellfire Club every Halloween, just for laugh, just for laugh. I remember a young fella ran into a train and knocked himself out. It was the funniest moment in my life. Tanya Ray, the patience that woman had. You, Dean, I know you don't like when people say nice things about you. I have no problem with receiving compliments. But you genuinely don't. You don't get the you don't get the credit in this community. Yeah, I'm alright. You don't need it. No, I know you don't. Jamie, I have to stop you there. His head is big enough. Like it is. It's appreciated the work you do in this community for young people that nobody ever knows about, that nobody ever hears about. Same with Sparky. He doesn't even realise that himself, you know that. Sparky's the same. Sparky's the same. Sparky tell you he does nothing. Out saving lives on the daily. Yeah, I think like you work th- saves lives in my opinion. Like I think what we're just doing is what we're here to do. We just do it. Yeah, 
You just, you know. just part of your life. Anyway, yeah, before we come in here, um, Dean wants to tell me to let you know he wants to tell you a couple of jokes before he leaves. Ah, oh, lovely. Before we finish up. <laughs> yeah, job, Dean. As, soon as, as soon as you give let, me, let one or two as soon as you give me eight bars of your favourite song. Don't shy no, So I'm after doing you a favour. Look, look, I'm after doing you a favour and coming on the podcast, right? I want to play a song and Martin's going to sing along <laughs> it's a TikTok song oh, of course the signal is showing the studio but there's a song going around TikTok at the moment going I'm proud to be a traveller <laughs> and I'd love you to sing it what, do you know, know that song no I've not heard it I'm proud to be <laughs> a traveller I heard that a million times but not the song about <laughs> travellers themselves but I just I want to hear you singing if I can learn that song we'll sing it again next time we're on fair enough I'm never going to be but on for again now, for now, I want to get the comedian. Oh, I really enjoyed it. Uh, uh, for now, I'm I want to get the comedian tell a few jokes to you, there, Jamie. I'm, okay? I'm delighted that Martin asked you on. He was really yeah. excited. You know, he wasn't going to tell you I was coming on. He was going to just bring me. We were going to bring him on uh, as a surprise and slag you out of it. <laughs> but the problem is, Jamie had too much to tell us, so we couldn't get around to that. Martin, Maybe next time, Martin Jamie loves yeah? me so much, right, that he can't express uh, it, it in no, like normal terms. Yeah. So he tries to have to uh, rip me down, but. He a, a few weeks ago uh, I hadn't seen him in about 10 days and he came up to the studio and just like ran across and a big hug Jamie you know how, that's know how real, sick of that's me he is right stuff. watch this he basically I can ring him yeah He's, <laughs> he, he won't answer the phone watch this now this is very annoying because I might have something to tell him yeah, yeah. I'll maybe organise what time we're coming here or whatever right and I ring him again and he won't answer the phone, yeah? So there and then I go on to uh, to WhatsApp, yeah? There he is online. Oh, not more than <laughs> Now, no. I send no. him a message then. I'm a, I'm a bigger Egypt now, so I still send him a message, yeah? And what happens? He won't even reply. Won't even look into Does the message. Does he send you voice notes? No, he oh, randomly... I hate people that send voice notes. I keep telling him, send don't send me messages in because why? I might get until that evening. Yeah. Because if I get a, if I get a call, I'll answer it straight away. But sometimes I get messages on on the phone, but it's on silence, so I mightn't hear them or whatever. You know what my status I is keep on WhatsApp? Telling him. Typing dot dot dot. Is I it? keep yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so when people pick up the phone, they go, "He's he's typing, he's typing," <laughs> and they get so there for three hours. Uh, I think there's a bit of madness in there, isn't there? <laughs> That's funny. I turn all notifications off for everything. Um, so the person I'd ring back straight away Go on Dean, is, tell me the reason Emma. why yeah, right. So Emma would be the only person I'd ring back straight away Even me ma, me dad or whatever right. You know what I mean I met your man dad by the way, lovely oh, people they're, they're great. Lovely heart of the soul Why Actually, do you turn all your notifications off so Because I'm not see? interested in No why, what's your reason for it, go on Well one of them is actually it's a mental health thing Yeah Because I remember uh, especially when I was doing the Apollo House campaign And in the hardest part of it It was you know when people say my phone was blown up? It was like one of them. It was like 10,000 in, in a day. Yeah. And I was like, oh, how do you turn all these off? And from that day, I kind of just went, everything, turn everything, yeah, absolutely everything off. Yeah. There's no need for it. No, there's not. You know what I mean? I think the more peace and quiet and chilled out you can get in your life, great, because we're plugged onto our phones too I'm much. I'm plugged onto my phone, but I'm strung out on games, like stupid games. Like, I love Candy Crush. I could sit and play Candy Crush for 20 hours. 
Yeah. I love candy crush. Oh, so here's an invitation to you. And I'd love Martin to take me up on it as well. The three of us, in the summer, when it gets a bit warmer, we go out to the high rock and we jump into the sea. No, I can't do that. Now, the oh, only you, can problem, well, you, can, you can walk in then. I can just Martin, about swim in a pool. Martin, we'll I walk in. swear to God, I have a fear of it. So I, a good friend of ours, Dean, uh, Darren White, brought me out swimming. Actually, the first time I met your brother was that day. I was at home depressed down. I mean, I was after making a pasta bake. And my plan was to get into bed and eat a pasta bake straight out of the tray. Because I was so depressed. And Darren rang me and said, go on swimming, you're coming. Out of blue. Hadn't heard from him in weeks. I went swimming and I get in and I swear to God, I get out, felt like a new man. I put a post on Instagram with no top on and said, here I am, stretch marks and all, love me body and love me mind. And you know what? I felt I felt me. I was on top of the world, right? Yeah. Martin, I won't jump in because I, I hate that fear of hitting the water, but I swear to you, I make a promise to you, we'll walk in together. I can't jump in because I can't swim. We'll walk in with Martin Stowe. Hello, folks, and welcome to, to we'll Excuses we'll, with Martin Stowe. We'll all Stokes. walk in. Tell you what, you do jump on this video, yeah? No, we'll walk in. Dean, It'll be like a baptism. It'll someone, be a religious someone experience. Has, someone has to hold the camera. <laughs> I have a GoPro at home. Don't ask me why. <laughs> <laughs> so where do you jump from anyway? OnlyFans. Uh, there's a place that I go in to Holt, in Port Marnock called uh, The High Rock. But we can go in off the beach and yeah. Port Marnock as Martin well. Martin, it is. It's a lovely experience. I promise you. Yeah, yeah. You can be travelling. Wait, wait till like a Jim decent does, time in the summer. Uh, Dean does it every day, so I don't want. I don't want to exciting for him. I swear to Jesus, I'll bring you. It'll be lovely. It'll be lovely. <laughs> I swear to God, Jimmy. I swear to God. I swear in the Bible. I wouldn't lie to you. What's the traveller's favourite bar? A crowbar. How <laughs> <laughs> we get on? We're doing your neighbour's driveway. We've got a bit of tarmac left over. Best place you'll find. We'll be all over the Irish traveller uh, movement, bleeding uh, website. No, like I said, there's Two no malice. Two lads slagging travellers. No it's alright, isn't it? Mm-hmm. I can't be a racist. I have a traveller friend. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, Jamie Herndon, oh episode 26. Pleasure uh, to be on. I had a lot of fun with that. That me was early. Nice one, Jamie. Thanks for coming on, Kate. Thanks for bumping into me in the kebab oh, shop. Nice. <laughs> Not the kebab! <laughs> so that's us for this episode. Traveller and a Countryman podcast. If you like it, let us know. Share it around. And uh, should we see you on the road? Nothing.